Turn with me please this evening to two openings. John the 10th chapter and 2 Corinthians the 9th chapter. If you haven't been with us on Friday nights we've been on the subject of abounding ability. Hallelujah. Almost makes you want to put on a Super suit with a big A on the front. Abounding. (laughs) Super A. Right? Abounding ability. (laughs) The scripture talks about it. In John, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, Jesus said, the thief comes not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Who is the thief? Certainly Jesus is not referring to our Father, God, is he? He's not referring to himself. Is God the thief? Why would I even say that? Because there are millions of church-going people that attribute all types of death and loss and catastrophe to God. They'll tell you, you know, and get mad if you try to imply anything differently that God did it. God was in that tornado. God was in that typhoon, that hurricane. God was in uh, this earthquake. God was in this. He was in this disease. God, we don't know why, but God does these things for mysterious reasons. Well, well what about the thief? Where does he come in? If everything's God, certainly God's not the thief. Sit out loud. My Father God God is not the thief. thief. Well, who's doing the stealing? Who's doing the killing? Who's doing the destroying? I know this sounds simple and redundant, but there are millions of Christians that don't believe what we're talking about right now. They believe that God is behind everything and responsible for everything that happens. And it just is not true. The Bible does not teach it. It's contrary to what the Bible does teach. We just finished a series a while back, You Choose. And if you haven't heard some of these things before, get it. It won't cost you anything. Go online, download it in its entirety. It's several sessions. And if you don't think it's right, Go through all the scriptures and prove us wrong. But we don't care about hearing your opinion. We're talking about with scriptures. Right? Scriptures. (laughs) No, it's just not true. It's the thief who's doing it. If you had something stolen from you, if you had something destroyed in your life, something killed, don't blame God. Don't blame God. God's not your problem. Never has been. So if God's against you, you can just might as well quit now. <laughs> right? Because how are you going to deal with that? <laughs> or some people try to imply that somewhere or another God and the devil are working together. Well, that's the same situation. If God and the devil are working together, you must as well just quit. Just give up. Because how are you going to deal with that? No, God's not our problem. He's our answer. He's not the one making us sick. He's our healer. He's not the one stealing from us. He's our provider. 
Do you believe it, saints? He's not the one against us. He's the one who's for us. And if he's for us, and we know it, who can successfully be against us? The Bible said, resist the devil. What will happen? He'll flee from you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The complete Jewish says, I've come so that they may have life, life in its fullest measure. Amplified says, I'm come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, the reason the Amplified adds that phrase, to the full until it overflows, is because this word in the Greek is actually about, I guess, seven or so of these words that have the same root, a word that are translated in the Greek. They mean very similar things. They're translated abundance, abounding. Uh, One time they're translated enough and more. Let me read the definitions to you. One's translated over and above, over and above, enough and to spare. Different translations bring out the word superabundance. Young's literal uses that word, superabundance. Why would they use the word superabundance? Because abundance does not adequately describe what the word means. If it was, why put these other things on it? Why would the Amplified say, to the full, and it can't stop there, you got to say, till it overflows? Let me read some definitions of this. You've heard them before, but I know you want me to read them again right now. These words mean to superabound, superabundant. I guess that's why I wanted to put the suit on with the A, right? Because all of this is super. Super A. Superabundant. Superabounding. Superabounding ability. <laughs> so I guess that's two A's. A-A. <laughs> to superabound. Uh, one, uh, I'm reading from Greek lexicons. One says to be in excess. Enough and more. Not just enough, but what? More. Say enough and. enough and. See, you're not into what he's talking about until you got enough and. and. And uh, one says, in the sense of beyond, uh, comma, excessive. And another one says, surplusage. Surplusage. <laughs> well, that's over and above, isn't it? And we, we went into some detail looking at Israel delivered from Egyptian bondage. And 1 Corinthians 10 says the things that happened to them happened as examples for us. And that we're to learn from them both good and bad. Well, we saw that they experienced three levels of living, if you follow that story. One was when they were slaves in Egyptian bondage and they lived without enough That was a life of not enough. They didn't even own their own selves. The rags on their back. The the terrible places they lived in. They were somebody else's property. But God brought them out. 
Through a series of outstanding, amazing miracles, didn't he? He brought them out with a strong arm. Hallelujah. With a mighty hand. He showed himself superior over all the things that Egypt called God and worshipped. And the Bible said he brought them out with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Sometimes people accuse us, oh, y'all preach that health and wealth gospel. Well, gospel means good news. If I was preaching disease and poverty, that wouldn't be gospel. There wouldn't be good news. That'd be bad news. And what does the, what do the scriptures say? The first is is you know God bringing His people out of Egypt is that a type for believers today that God brings us out of sin and the control of the world? Is it typical for us? Certainly it is. The Bible tells us it is. And they came out of that land of not enough, that life of not enough, and the Bible said they in the wilderness. They got manna daily. Uh, When they needed water, it came out of the rocks. And they lived by a series of miracles, but they're not living in surplus. They're living day to day, aren't they? This is uh, hand to mouth, check to check, month to month living. And many believers today, are living that way and think they're living in God's best because they're seeing miracles that provide for their basic necessities at times. Well, see, these folks are seeing miracles, aren't they? They're in the wilderness. Are they? I mean, God flew in quail without an airplane, didn't he? I mean, amazing things. Manna is falling out of the sky, but it's only just enough. Only just enough. You know, he that gathered much didn't have anything left over. And he that gathered little had no lack. It was all working out just exactly what they need. But that's wilderness living. Is that God's ultimate plan for us? It's not. Wilderness living certainly wouldn't be God's highest and best for us. Was there something else God had planned for? Was there something else he had picked out for Tell me about it. What was it? What was it? Canaan's land. Right? The land that flowed with milk and honey. And if you read Deuteronomy 8 and different places, he said it's a land where you won't have scarceness of any good thing. You won't lack for any good thing. Was it a land of surplus? I mean, their first introduction to the land, the men brought back some grapes. Did they have some too much grapes? I'm telling you, these were grapes. Two men had to carry one bunch of grapes. That's surplusage. Isn't it? That's more grapes than you need. That's what God had picked out for them and planned for them. Now, most of that first generation never got to experience it. They wandered around out there for 40 years because they were hard-headed. Uncorrectable, unteachable, wouldn't listen, wouldn't obey. But that next generation, under Joshua's leadership, they came out of there and they took the promised land. Hallelujah. And they experienced the land that flowed with milk and honey. The Bible tells us all these things are types and examples for you and me. 
for believers today. Read about it in 1 Corinthians 10. And you'll see that he's talking about the same kind of thing for us. Thank God to come out of the land of not enough to just enough is a vast improvement. Isn't it? Vast improvement. If you got enough, man, that's sure better than not having enough. But we're not supposed to stop there. Because what's enough for me is not enough for somebody else. If I'm going to have enough for me and somebody else, it's got to be too much for me. And people say, well, I don't care. I don't care. If I just got enough to pay my bills and me and my kids and we can eat just enough for me and mine, that's all I care about. And people try to say that like that's humility. Well, what about other folks? What about other situations? If none of the folks at Branson Church, none of the folks of our More Life Ministries partners had anything else except just what they needed for their needs, this church would not exist here today. Millions of dollars above what it took to operate More Life Ministries and our More Life Ministry partners, their lives, our lives, the church there at Branson had to come in for this place to exist. Is surplus a good thing? What kind of people does God use for this surplus thing? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But it's got to be people that believe in it. People who fight the so-called prosperity message, this is what they're fighting. We're going to have a celebration Sunday there in Branson. And that's become a tradition and a custom there in Branson. And the people bring mass quantities of clothes, a lot of them brand new, furniture, shoes, I mean washers, dryers, refrigerators, all kind of stuff. Fill up tents with it, big tents. And boy, we have people come because words got out that it's not a flea market. It's not a garage sale. It's available for free. No charge. People can come. And we see people come and they got their arms full of clothes. Them and their spouse and their kids. And we found out that families have got enough clothes for their kids for the school year. Right there. Shoes. And I mean nice stuff. Top notch stuff. And I was standing out there. This has happened more than once. Overlooking. And, of course, it cost, you know, scores of thousands of dollars just to have the day. That's not counting everybody's seed that they're bringing. And the Lord dealt with me as I was looking, and so many people were happy. And I had about, I don't know, about the third little tyke uh, run his little bike into my leg and say, Look, Brother Key, look, he's got a new bicycle. Just as happy as can be. What's that worth? <laughs> and when kids are telling their parents, oh, I want to come back to church. I want to come back yeah. to church. And the Lord dealt with me. When people fight so-called prosperity, this is what they're fighting. This is what they're fighting. The ability to give on this level. Somebody say abounding, overflowing, overflowing. 
Ability. Ability Ability to do what? To bless. To help. Glory to God. Now a lot of people will not hunger for this. And they won't go for this. They're just spiritually too lazy. It's a fact. All they care about is if I got my bills paid and hallelujah. So they like the Israelites are content to circle around in the land. It's dry but it's barely enough decade after decade. But I want to be in that Joshua group. How about you? I want to be in that Joshua, Caleb, let's go take it bunch. Huh? In that Judah bunch that took too much. I'm quoting scripture. The tribe of Judah took too much. <laughs> and they told one of their, their, their fellow tribes, come on, you can move in on our part. We won't even know you're there. See, that is such a type for us because there's a whole lot of people are never going to believe what we're talking about tonight. Which means some of us going to have to believe for twice as much. Come on, ten times as much, a hundred times as much to make up for it. Because while folks are fighting this kind of thing, they're never going to come into this kind of surplus. They're never going to. Now, there's an error on the other side of this where all people talk about is prosperity, prosperity, and all they think about is me and my stuff and what I want. And I want more cars and I want more houses and I want more of this. And if that's all you think about, then you miss it too. You're missing it too. Because the truth is, all this stuff's passing away in a hurry. And if all you did was accumulate a bunch of stuff while you're here and that's all you did, Nobody's going to know it or remember it a century or a thousand years from now. It's not going to matter. But if you helped people with it, if you were involved in the preaching the gospel around the world, if you're involved in the advancing of the kingdom, you will be rewarded forever. That reward is eternal. I'm believing for ability. You know, I travel quite a bit and, and, uh, there are so many times we've been out in other places and the Lord would use us and use the churches to encourage them to sow a seed, to help, to encourage. And, and it's so wonderful to see folks that have kind of been, you know, ho-hum, not too stirred up about the things of God, maybe for years. But then because of a powerful word and the anointing and the presence of the Lord and then a big money seed on top of that, the whole bunch just got their eyes wide open going, yeah, 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 we're going to take this town. We're going to take this county. We may take this state. Stirred up about the things of God and maybe hadn't been for some time. And the money was a part of it. The seed was a part of it. It encourages. You can be involved in this on some level where you are right now. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to uh, be overseeing a church or, or a ministry, but you can just be a, a man or a woman, prayed up, full of God, full of faith, full of joy, full of excitement, with some money and stuff. It don't have to be a huge amount, but it's got to be something over what it takes for you to subsist. And the Lord, if you're willing, 
He can send you to a person or to a family or to a situation and you can show up at the right time with the word from the Lord and a check and it can be the very thing that can put a fire under them and let them know that God knows right where they are and cares about them enough to send you over and have you do what you did. Anybody believe this? Said out loud, abounding, overflowing, ability. Thanks be to God. Second uh, Corinthians nine, we mentioned. Let's read that out loud. So I'll read it out loud. Second Corinthians nine. In the NIV, I'm reading in verse eight. It said, "God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things." At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's a lot of all. How many believe this verse? God is able. Is it? To make all what? Now we need to keep this word in mind. To make what abound to you? What puts you in a position where that you physically, materially, financially have all things at all times, everything you need, plus everything you need to abound to every good work that's around you that the Lord leads you to do. What empowers you to get in that place? Grace. The grace of God. People talk about grace in connection with sin and forgiveness of sin, but that's not what it's limited to. God has amazing grace for every area of our life. He has grace for our spirit, our soul, our body, our mind, our marriages, our homes, and the material part of our life. See it again? God is able to do what? Make all grace do what? Now we know from the definition of this word, this is not a trickle. Right? If grace is abounding toward us, what's it doing? It's not just abundance, it's above it. It's excessive grace. Surplusage grace is flowing to us and over us. And the result is that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Are we reading the will of God? Then scrape by, rake by, tight is not the will of God. Is it? No matter how we've lived, no matter what we've seen, it begins by a change on the inside. What you believe, how you think, what kind of God you have. Say it out loud, God is able to make all grace abound to me so that in all things, at all times, having all that I need, I will abound. I will abound to every good work. Hallelujah. You'll show up over here. You'll show up over there. You'll bless here. You'll bless there. Go to the book of Psalms, please. And notice a recurring theme. We'll go to the 23rd Psalm. And see a recurring theme in these 
Oh, about three different psalms here. Anybody know the 23rd psalm? If not, you ought to learn it. It's great. Tells us so much about our God, His will and His plan. What does it say, Psalm 23, verse 1? The Lord is my shepherd. I come up short all the time. And we don't understand it. But you know, it's just not always God's will. And why do I say that? Millions of church going people believe that instead of this. Say it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is, I shall not walk. Well, now, if you shall not want, what kind of shape are you in? Good shape. Over and above. <laughs> Let's keep reading. What kind of shape are we in? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, you sheep do not lay down in pastures when they're hungry. They're still up, moving around, looking for grass. Why would a sheep be laying down in the middle of the day? Because their little belly is so full. Because the grass is waving over their head. And they can't eat all this grass. Why? Because they got the best shepherd that got them to this big rich field. He leads me beside still waters. Keep going. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Well, does he lead you to a bad place or a, a good place? Keep going. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, I will not be afraid. I refuse to fear. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Keep going. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now this is not in heaven. Your enemies are not going to heaven. I'm talking about the devil. <laughs> Hopefully, there'll be some people in there that make it that we wondered if they're going to make it. Hopefully. <laughs> All that's not for us, but I'm talking about your real enemies, not flesh and blood. I'm talking about the devil and his bunch. They're not going to be there. Aren't you glad? So he's not talking about heaven with this. He's talking about here. He just got through talking about going through the valley of the shadow of death. That's not heaven either. Right? You anoint my head with oil and my cup. Varies from day to day. Sometimes 20%. Sometimes up to 75, 80% on a good day. What? My cup? Is God a cup running over God? That's what we've been waving our arms and preaching about for days here. It's, he's not the thief. He's not the killer. He's not the destroyer. He's the Lord who came that you might have life and have it to the full until it overflows. That when you give. He causes it to come back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And. 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 Is he really a running over God? A surplus God? Many don't believe it. I do. I do. I believe it's here in the scripture. I believe it's many places. My cup does what? It'd help us to say that on a regular basis. Just in the middle of the day say, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. Say it out loud. Try it out loud. My cup, my cup. Runs, over. runs over. 
What kind of life do you live? Cup running over life. That's not rake by, scrape by. Is it? Eek out in existence. Not a subsistence life. Keep going, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you know for us, for believers, this is as rough as it gets. Now, (laughs) now for unbelievers, this is as good as it gets. But for believers, this is as rough as it gets right now. And we're overcoming, having victories, right? And after this, it just, it really takes off. (laughs) How many are confident you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever? But now notice what's going to happen down here all the days of your life. You're leaving something in your wake. Like the SS blessing. You and I are supposed to be like ships. That are leaving goodness and mercy in our wake. That when we come through. In our wake is blessing. People are better. For us having come. People are better for us having visited. For us having been there. In this world you got basically two kinds of people. Takers and givers. Hmm? People that are not born again are all of the taking variety. People say, oh no, I know some folks, unsaved people, and they're big givers. Nah, if you break it down and analyze it, it comes back to something they're looking for. Again and again, and it's the nature of all flesh. But when you got the love of God in you, Jesus gave with no strings. And that love, if we let it dominate us, it'll cause us to give without wanting something in return, without trying to, you know, think of ourselves. or it's not about PR, it's not about trying to be the big man or woman, it's genuinely because it helps you, genuinely about benefiting that person. What did it say? Sure, said out loud, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Does that follow you? I look back at places I've been, places I've ministered to. I want to know, are they better off or worse off? Because I came. Are they stronger or more confused? Are they more inspired or more discouraged? You and I should be leaving awake. And really we are. Good or bad. How many know that there are folks, they leave a wake of destruction. They will rain on your parade. (laughs) They don't realize it. But after they come, people are more agitated. They're more frustrated. They're more discouraged. Because all they did was talk doubt and fear and unbelief. And all they did was pull on you 
and want something and ask for something all the time. Takers. Pullers. But you and I, even though we're in this world, we're different. We are not leaving a wake of destruction and discouragement and hurting people and taking away from people. When we come through, when we're coming, people ought to hear, oh, oh. People go, oh, it's the blessing ship. <laughs> They're always loaded down with something good. Didn't the Bible say he daily loadeth us? Daily loads me with benefits. We ought to be loaded down with words of encouragement, words of love, words of truth, words of grace. Even if everybody's crying and sad and discouraged when we pull into port. We ought to light it up and say, hey, why are you crying and being down? The Almighty is still on the throne. His word is still true. And he cares about you. And so do I. And here's the word of encouragement. And here's $10,000 too. The Lord needs people like this in the earth. So I can't do 10,000. Maybe it's 10. Maybe it's 10 for where you are in that situation. But it's the same thing. I remember uh, years ago, Phyllis and I were in training for ministry and I was going to school there at Raymond, Broken Air, Oklahoma. And we're believing for every tank of gas. We're believing for every pair of socks, every meal, <laughs> literally. And looking back now, I thank God for it because we actually did learn to look to God and learn to use our faith. And the same way we believed for a hundred dollars then, we're believing for a million now. Same, it's exactly the same principle. And so I had five dollars to my name that week. A five dollar bill in my pocket. That's all I had to my name. And I'm going to school and I'm going to class and I'm going to healing school and And there was a brother that was speaking there that afternoon. And the Lord dealt with me to sow him my $5. And to be frank, I I was a little embarrassed because I thought, well, it's just $5. I can just put it in the offering. And the Lord kept dealing with me, no. I don't mean I'm hearing a voice, but it was coming clear in my spirit. Go to him. And personally, you want to sow this to him. I thought, hmm, I didn't really want to. You know, there can be a real problem with that because that's where I was. And so why would I have a problem with that? It's pride. Trying to act like you're somewhere you're not. And if you don't start where you are, you stay where you are. But I finally got it clear, yeah, I need to, uh... and here's the thing. You don't need to go and despise your seed either. And go, well, this is nothing. Because then you're not sowing it with any love or any faith. You're despising the whole deal. And that's one reason the Lord was telling me to do this. Because that's when I learned some of the things I'm talking about right now. Well, I finally went up to him after the service. And I said, uh, I said, brother, you know, it was a great word. Thank you for coming and ministering. 
I have a, a seed I want to sow to you. And uh, he said, well, praise God. And I pulled out my $5. And, and that, that's all I had to my name. And uh, I said, well, uh, here, brother, you know, uh, maybe you can use it for something. And, and he took my hand and was going to pray over it. And when he did, the Spirit of God came on both of us. We cried. We laughed. I mean, you talk about a $5 blessing. <laughs> it was way out beyond a five. Because it wasn't about $5. It was about heart. And what I wanted to do was just try to express to him how much I appreciated what he was doing. And that the word was really ministering to me. And, and thanking God for him. And I was sincere and then he was sincere, and man, God knows it when you're sincere. He knows when you're genuine in your heart, and the Spirit of God, I mean, just like, come on us. Somebody say glory to God. That's goodness, and that's mercy. Come on, can you see that? And that was following that act of faith, and that seemingly small seed, and yet in God's eyes, it wasn't small at all. You remember that Jesus remarked about the widow's offering. And it was two mites. Probably a penny in today's money. And yet the Lord basically said she outgave everybody there. Even though they were giving huge amounts. Why? Because you can't give more than 100%. Can you? And if you give it with the right heart, it's acceptable in God's eyes. And whether it's that or it's a thing or it's an act or it's your time or, or whatever, if it's sincere and from the heart and you're doing that, you're going to leave a wake behind you of blessing. Somebody say, surely. surely. Goodness, Goodness and mercy, and mercy. will follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Well, would it help you to express God's love in even greater, more tangible ways, the more stuff and the more money and the more time and ability you have above what it takes to run you? And you've got more and more resources that you can, you know, express the love of God with. Hallelujah. Let's put Branson Church up. Can we put them up and just leave them up for a minute? There they are. Glory to God. And all the partners of More Life Ministries, they didn't know you. And yet they loved you. Because they loved God and sowed to give you a church. I mean, money poured into this place for month after month after month. To not just do some kind of little cheap, little cramped place, but to do something up nice and something good. For who? For us. They don't live here. That's right. For us. Who'd they do it for? Us. For you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Do you care? Yeah. They did it for you. They did it for you. The partners, that church, and here you are. Young church, but just about got everything paid for and done. Now, there'll be other things we'll do, you know that. But what should that make you want to do? 
Hallelujah. When we go out on the road, it doesn't cost the churches, the conferences that I go to, it doesn't cost them anything for us to come. And we bring thousands of dollars worth of materials and sow them into their church at no charge. It doesn't cost them for our travel. It doesn't cost them for our rooms. It doesn't cost them for anything. And like this last place I was at out in California, the pastors, they're great people, great church. They remarked about it. They said, well, your people wouldn't tell us anything. I said, well, because we don't want it to cost you anything. We're coming to you. And he said, we're we're receiving an offering. I said, wonderful, thank you. And he said, you want to say anything? I said, well, this is what's happening. Our partners and our churches sent us to you, sent all these materials at no charge. Anything you sow to us is going to send us somewhere else and send these materials to other people. And when people hear that and they see it and they know the truth of it, it excites them. And they want to do it. And they want to be a blessing. There's nobody charging anybody and pulling on anybody and saying, you got to give me this or I got to have this. So all of it is a free love, grace, gift. And because it's a seed, it can come back multiplied 30, 60, 100 fold. Come on, do you believe all this? Do you think God, this is the way he intended for us to live? And operate. Now you got to do it by faith. Because, you know, you, what if they didn't give you a dime? Well, then you spent a lot of money. <laughs> and there's been more than once that we spent more on them than they gave to us. But they're not our source. I said, they're not our source. Who's where you can't do that? You don't even break even. Well, you're thinking with your pencil, thinking your calculator. That's not faith. We've seen it over and over again. Maybe you didn't, it didn't all come out like that there, but the next place you go, they gave you twice as much. Or somebody just sent you a big check from another country. But when it all winds up is all the needs are met. Plus, oh, somebody say plus, plus, plus the surplus edge. <laughs> Go to Psalm 1. Is the Lord your shepherd? Because of that you don't want. And because you don't want and you're so blessed. Everywhere you go. Goodness and mercy. Follows in your wake. People are blessed. Because you came. You made a difference. Boy it's a blessing. You know Phyllis and I started out with. Very meager (laughs) means and situation. We didn't come from wealth. And uh, our folks didn't come from wealth. And so you got a lot of poverty mentality and thinking you got to get rid of. Because you just, you know, you don't think right if you grow up with a poverty mentality. But uh, thank God, year after year and decade after decade of the word getting in you, it renews your mind, changes your thinking. And you begin to believe God could use you too. Hallelujah. And there's been situation after situation after situation where people were frustrated. They were afraid. There's a dire situation. They need something. I'm thinking of several funerals that the Lord has allowed us to pay for. 
And sometimes people in those situations, they're hurting already and they don't have the money and they don't know what they're going to do. And man, to be able to have it, to be able to do something and you step in and say, don't be concerned about that. All that's taken care of. Oh man, you see the pressure come off of them. You just see the light come back in their eyes. And it's not just about you and them. They realize God did this for them. He dealt with you. And so he's loving them and ministering to them in a time when they need it. Don't you want to be involved in more things like this? Do you believe God can use you? If you say, well, I'm just little so-and-so and I'm just, I'm this and that and I only make so-and-so and I'm retired and how in the world could I? Well, then you can't. But if you'll believe that God can do something, no matter what your natural situation is, you could live in the smallest place in town. And have the lowest amount budget of anybody in the county. And God could put a $100,000 check in your hands just like that. Just like that. Just like that. I've seen it. And the next day, something come up and people be in dire need. And this is the kind of thing that glorifies God. When you show up. I said you show up and people never expect God to use you. They never even thought you would have it or could get it. And when you show up with it and say, the Lord dealt with me to take care of this, they'll go, huh? Huh? (laughs) You got it? You go, yep, I do. As of yesterday at three (laughs) o'clock. Oh, this faith life, many never find out about it, but it is the most exciting, wonderful way to live that there is. And God will use you. I'm talking about you. You. He will use you if you'll make yourself available and believe he's big enough and that these kind of things can happen through you. I know a pastor friend of mine, he's in heaven now, but uh, he had a a lady, single mom, and her daughter was getting married. And they were in very poor conditions financially. And the Lord dealt with him to pay for the wedding. And so they did. And they had a great wedding. And uh, it was beautiful. And it was so nice. And uh, so then years passed. And he's standing leaving for something. And he needs uh, $50,000. Personally, he's standing believing for it, not telling other people, just needed it and believing for it. And here comes within a few days, this woman wanting to see him that they paid for the daughter's wedding back years ago. And uh, he didn't know what the situation was, but you know, the last several times they had dealings, she was in need. And so he said, yeah, what's going on? And she says, uh, The Lord just brought to me this week a million dollars. And I'm bringing my tithe. And here's an offering for you personally. He was shocked. They had to pick his jaw up off the... Never in a hundred years did he... He was believing for it to happen. But never did he think it would have been hurt. She lived in the worst part of town. 
She hadn't had anything above her bare minimum for years and years that he knew about. But with God, all things are possible. And God, for lack of a better word, he likes doing things like that. He gets glory out of situations like that that nobody would have seen coming and nobody would have thought he'd have used them. Say it out loud. Surely, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Psalm 1. Let's read some more about you. I said let's read some more about you. Double A, super double A, abounding ability, you. SS blessing. Psalm 1 and 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Is that you? Somebody say, yeah, that's me. That's me right here. Verse 2, what happens to him? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. What else happens to him? He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now we just got through hearing a testimony that during a season of severe drought, they got rain. (laughs) And their pastures were green and their cows were fat. In the midst of other people just having to sell everything because everything was burned up. Glory to God. This is a miracle. Miracle. We're not talking about reading out of the book of Acts. This happened in Arkansas a few months ago. Why? Because God's still the same God. He's still doing the same kind of things for his people that believe him. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. He doesn't dry up. Why? Because even if it didn't rain and there's drought over there, he's got his roots into the river. (laughs) And those stuff may be drying up all around him, You'll see that if you're ever out west or around, you know, in Florida, there's water everywhere, but out west in particular, where it's so dry, you'll see, I mean, nothing but scrub bush and rocks, and then all at once you'll see a strip of green. Strip of green that goes all the way through a valley, and what do you know? There's a stream down there. There's a stream, there's a river, and everything that can get access and get roots into that river, it's green, and it's green all year around, even though it's not even any rain out there. It's flowing down from those mountaintops, and cold ice and snow, and makes it way down there. But how many know there's always a supply from on high? There's always plenty from the most high. Hallelujah. And if you can tap your roots into the rivers of him, you won't dry out no matter what's going on around about you. And whatever you do will prosper. Hallelujah. Whatever you do will prosper. Go on over to Psalm 112. Psalm 112. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the life of abounding ability. Thank you, Lord, for the life of abundance. Why did Jesus come? He said, I am come 
that you might have life to the full till it overflows. Didn't he say that? That you might have abundant life. Hallelujah. If he came for that, you ought to make up your mind, I'm going to have it. If he came for that and paid for that, I'm going to have it. Psalm 112. Let me read in the, uh, the Living Bible. If we can put that up, verse 1. The Living Bible. Let's not rush too quickly through this one. This is a, an amazing, wonderful psalm here. And, and it's about you. I said it's about you. Is Psalm 23 about you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. This one's about you too. Praise the Lord. Oh, you need to put up your hand to it right now. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. For all who fear God and trust in him are blessed beyond expression. Yes, happy is the man who delights in doing his commands. Now, the New Testament commandment is to do what? Love one another like he has loved us. Isn't that what we've been talking about all night long? Having the ability to do things for people when they need them because you love them, because you care, God cares about them. Don't even have to be people you know, like we just got through talking about. Branson Church and More Life Ministries partners, they never met you. By and large, didn't know you. Why they love you? Because God loves you. And if you love God, you love his kids. He said so. Right? Anybody got kids? Then you know what he's talking about. All who fear God and trust in him are blessed beyond expression. Happy is the man who delights in doing his commands, who delights in loving his kids. Keep going. His children shall be honored everywhere. For good men's sons have a special heritage. Does it affect your kids when you obey God, when you love him and serve him and Sow good seeds throughout your life. It certainly does. It affects your kids and your grandkids. It does. Verse 3. He himself shall be wealthy. (laughs) Am I reading the Bible here? What does the King James say? Put up the King James for us. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. You need to say this at least three times. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Now I already told you this was talking about you. You love the Lord. You delight in keeping his commands. And this is talking about you. Say it out loud. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Say it two more times. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Wealth and riches Will be in my house. Why? Just so you got something to brag about. And you can pile stuff up. And play big shot. No. No. So you can abound. In ability. To bless. And surely. Goodness and mercy. Follow you. In the wake. Of everywhere you go. And you can do some things naturally and materially. Because you have it. You got it. You got it in your house. You got it in your accounts. 
Now, I know a lot of folks don't believe it. They fight things like this. They think they hate preachers that bring anything. But if you're around long enough, you'll realize I'm not trying to get anything out of you. I'm telling you how we believe, how we live. And it's working wonderfully. Wonderfully. Get on board. Get in. You don't have to know too much scripture. Look around. Look in the night sky. Look at the mountain ranges. Look at the oceans. Look at the creation. God did not create a little tiny poor speck. This place is rich. It's rich. It's rich. Beyond description. And that's in its cursed fallen state. What about heaven? What about heaven? In my father's house. Are many efficiencies. Huh? Huh? Because you know God don't care about all that. That wealth stuff. No he doesn't. No, no. If God's the way some people portray him. If God's the way some preachers preach him to be. The earth would be far different. There would only be three shades of flower. And it'd be dark gray. Medium gray. And light gray. And there'd only be just enough of them. For absolutely necessary. Only be three kinds of fish. Dark gray, medium gray, and light gray. And there wouldn't be these teeming billions of them. It'd only be just enough for what we need. Birds, everything else. And heaven, if God's the way some people preach that he is, heaven would be a stark place. Be, you know, just only what is necessary and efficient because God doesn't go. Jesus has a, you're talking about a ring, he's got a gold band on his chest. (laughs) The streets are not ornamented with gold. They don't use asphalt. (laughs) The actual street is gold from top to bottom. It's gold and it's so pure, it's transparent. The foundation of the walls are precious jewels and gates, not made out of pearls, a pearl. That's one giant pearl. And if God didn't care about all that stuff, it wouldn't be that way. It would not be that way. The gate would be medium gray. (laughs) Made out of something recyclable. Maybe some recycled cans or something. No, no, no. Our God. People have made up all kind of goofy ideas of how they think God is and his will. People say, well, yeah, but, you know, that's in heaven. The Bible taught us to pray, thy will be done on earth. How? As it is in heaven. God does not have two separate wills because he's not a split personality, split will God. He's the same God all the time, everywhere, all the time. He's a God rich beyond imagination. He's a God of vast wealth and power and ability. And we're not going to experience the fullness of that down here. In fact, this thing has been tainted so much, he's going to have to recreate it with a new heavens and a new earth. But I tell you what we can do. We can have abundance plus. 
to do everything we're supposed to do while we're down here and be a blessing everywhere we go if it's nothing but leaving a big tip. It's a part of our witness. We're givers. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Because these things do give glory to God. Keep reading Psalm 112. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And this psalm's talking about you. His righteousness endures forever. Keep reading. Let's go back to the, uh, the living. When darkness overtakes, light will come bursting in. He's kind and merciful. Is that you? Are we talking about you? Not hard and mean, selfish, kind. Merciful. Keep reading. All goes well for the generous man who conducts his business fairly. You got a reputation for honesty and generosity because you're representing the king of kings. You're representing the kingdom. Don't beat up on people on deals. Don't try to squeeze the last dollar out of them. Put yourself in their shoes. Do you want to make something on a deal? Especially if it's your business. Do you want to make some profit? Then you better sow it. I said you better sow it. Most important thing. We talked about this earlier. It's not being led by the lowest price. I've actually had the Lord. I had a deal with a guy one time on a piece of machinery. And he's a believer. And the Lord dealt with me. Call him back and tell him. You want to pay him $10,000 more. For that piece of machinery. Than what y'all agreed on. I think he dropped the phone. He said brother Keith. That's never happened to me before. (laughs) And it's not like I had it extra. I was going to have to believe for it. But the devil had tried to mess with this deal. And tried to mess with this situation. And the Lord dealt me. This is how you double slap him. (laughs) Slap him right out of the deal. You come back. And you give. And give seriously. It blessed that man. He and I have had a lot of dealings since then. And I won't go into all of it. But love cares about how the other man's coming out. Right? You don't just brag that I got it below cost. If somebody wants to sow something to you, that's one thing. But if you just beat up on them and they go in the hole on it and you don't care, you're sowing some bad seed. You're going to come back to a situation where you're wanting to make something and you're not going to make it. So what you want to reap? You're a generous man. Generous woman. Did I lose somebody? Don't quit me now. This would be a bad place to get quiet. Because if you got real quiet, didn't agree with this, folks would know something. So no, just even if it's working on you a little bit, smile real big and go, Amen, Brother Keith. Amen. And then later on, if you need to deal with it at home, you can fall across the bed and go, Oh, God. I need to repent. But right now, just be real cool. Look straight ahead. Amen. Amen. All goes well for who? The generous man who conducts his business fairly. Is that you? You're honest and you're fair and you're generous. You're generous. Praise God. Keep going. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. We're talking about your witness. 
We're talking about God doing things for you over and over again until people that don't even believe in him begin to take notice and go, now there's something going on there. Something going on with them. Wouldn't that be the case when everybody else's pasture dried up and yours didn't? They had to sell their cows because got nothing to feed them and yours are fat. That's a witness. After a while, people, if they don't want to, they come by and go, hey, what's going on over here? I mean, what's the deal? <laughs> Try it up, burn up, green. What is the deal? <laughs> Perfect opportunity for you to say, I got a good shepherd. I got the best. And here's some good news. He's still taking applications for the flock. You can still get in on this deal. <laughs> That's good news. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. Keep going, keep going. He does not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen. Now, this is what I talked a minute ago about poverty spirit. Fear has a continuous dread of running out. Faith has a joyous expectation of running over. Of running over. So you think we'll have enough? Nah. I think we'll have more than enough. And I hope we don't come up short. We're not going to come up short. We're going to have more than enough. He does not fear bad news. He does not live in dread of what may happen. For it's settled in his mind that Jehovah will take care of him. The Lord's my shepherd. He'll take care of me. I shall not want. Keep reading. Keep reading. This is why he's not afraid, but can calmly face his foes. Keep going. He does what? This keeps coming up, doesn't it? How can you give generously and you don't have enough to pay your electric bill? You can't. You can't. Is this the will of God for all believers here? Is it? Then you got to have more than just enough. He gives generously to those in need. His deeds will never be forgotten. He shall have influence and honor. Is this man, is this woman, is this family a light for God in their community? Yes, in their workplace. In their church. Keep reading. Evil-minded men will be infuriated when they see all this. Not everybody's going to be happy you're so blessed. But you can't help that. They'll gnash their teeth in anger and slink away and their hopes were thwarted. But you are still blessed. Hallelujah. And a blessing to many. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, let's lift our hands and thank the Lord tonight. Let's give him praise that his will is so good. His will is for us to be able to be generous. Lift up your hands. Everybody, just lift up your hands. Lift up your thanks. Lift up your voice. Tell the Lord, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to know that you are a good God. Oh, I'm so thankful to know it's not your will for me to be broke. It's not your will for me to be unable to help anybody that's never been your will and it never will be your will thank you thank you thank you that you are the good God the God of increase the God of overflowing abundance hallelujah 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just praise him some. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Talk to him. Tell him you believe these things. Tell him you believe in his goodness. You believe he's a God of abundance. Oh, Lord, you're so good. So good. So wonderful. So great. So gracious. So hallelujah. So wonderful. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.